Hey, Uncommon Leaders, welcome back. This is the Uncommon Leader Podcast, and I'm your host, John Gallagher. I'm very excited and humbled to be bringing you the guest you're about to hear from on today's podcast. I've got the Jeremy Scott of Jeremy Scott Fitness in Scottsdale, Arizona. His bio speaks for itself as he's a successful entrepreneur that has turned his passion for helping people learn to be fit into an extremely successful fitness community online and at his facility in Scottsdale. Jeremy has worked with a bunch of brands like Vitamin Shop, Muscle & Fitness, Bodybuilding.com, and Men's Fitness as well. He's a sponsored athlete with Reebok as well as a contributor for Men's Health Magazine. He's the creator of the life-changing 47-Day Transformation Program, a program that I participated back in 2019 that I credit with helping me on my journey to losing 80 pounds, and I continue to follow and be mentored by him today as I work to make fitness and health a core value in my life. Jeremy hosts the Jeremy Scott Fitness Podcast that has nearly 500 episodes, and his social media following is in the millions across many platforms. Jeremy was gracious enough to invest some time with me recently to discuss a variety of topics in the health and fitness space and how he works to make success mandatory for himself and so many others. I think you're going to truly love this interview. Let's get started. Jeremy Scott, welcome to the Uncommon Leader Podcast. I certainly appreciate and I'm honored by you taking the time to be on this, and I'm looking forward to our conversation today. I'll start you off in really the, the same way after you say hi to everybody with a question that I ask all my first-time guests, and that's tell me a story about when you were young, and you're still pretty young now, but when you were younger, that still impacts who you are today. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. If I had to pinpoint it, I mean, it's probably just like a, an echoing uh, story I would hear. And I don't know if it's a positive or negative, but uh, like as a kid, uh, I just I wasn't great uh, in school. And I just remember, um, you know, teachers kind of give me uh, crap for just not caring about certain things and kind of get this belief of like, you're not smart and, you know, amount to anything if, if you're not playing like kind of in the system. And for me, I kind of adopted that, you know, for a certain amount of time. But eventually I realized like those guys are kind of full of shit. And uh, I kind of went the opposite way where I, maybe I kind of hold that as a chip on my shoulder, I guess, of like, you know, hey, I wasn't great at this, but I had a different skill set that just didn't kind of fit that. And I guess that kind of uh, at least propelled me forward for for many years until I got a little bit more enlightened. No, I think that's a, a great story. Actually, the last podcast I did with my was with my wife, and I think she shared a pretty similar story where she had a teacher who said, yeah, you're not going to amount to anything, basically. And she had a chance to meet her 15 years later and just have a a fun conversation with her without holding any regrets or anything like that. But it was kind of story. In fact, it actually, when you think about those stories that motivated you, I wonder, is there, is there a teacher that actually motivated you in a positive way as well that, that made a difference or maybe a coach that was well, there for you? For sure. Yeah. I actually just spoke to the old uh, prep school I graduated from. Uh, I did it via video because I couldn't make it back to all the athletes about uh, probably two weeks ago. And uh, I mentioned him all the time. He's my high school. Uh, he was my English teacher actually in high school, but he was the basketball coach. That's how I always remember him as. And, uh, you know, just certain things where he cared more about me probably as like the person than just the player, although that, that's what I was there for. Just little things that I wouldn't have known how to do. Like, hey, man, you got to apply for the, you know, NCAA clearinghouse. You have to, you know, actually take the ACT. Like these very simple things that my parents didn't have a background in. And just walked me through like, hey, here's your guidance counselor. You need to know his name. The things that, you know, obviously teachers don't make any money. And the fact that he did that, and even over the years, emailing me, texting me at college, and him and I still have a relationship to this day, it probably changed me more than, than anybody else. And not even just from a technical standpoint, but just from realizing that, you know, people do care about you, even mm. if, 
you know, there's nothing you can really do for them past the transaction of like athlete to coach, which I always thought was super cool. No, I think I look at that and actually look, it, it feeds into really what I've seen as a theme with you, Jeremy, and the time that I've spent, whether it's the past three or four years, almost five years now following you on Instagram, you being a, a mentor from a fitness standpoint, but also in some of the concepts that you're bringing out. And even your book talks about discovering your gift and giving it back to the world. I mean, in a time, in a time we live in, especially right now, there is a, there feels like a need in social media and everything that we do that we need to get something for it. And the fact is, you, you, Jeremy, as I watch the content that you share for free, whether it's through podcasts like this or your podcast that you interview others, whether it's through videos that you share on social media platforms where people can ultimately, you know, without giving you a dime other than their time to watch the videos, can pretty much get a fitness program and get themselves in shape if they'll just listen to it and watch through it. You've defined success as giving back. You know, the real success is giving back. Where did that come from for you? And, and you know, why do you why do you give back like that? And what what can other leaders learn from you in that space? You know, it's it's a good question. I mean, the way I figure it is, you know, if I if you help enough people, uh, you'll make enough money. And uh, it's been, you know, I've been kind of living that the last uh, at least decade or so for sure. I always looked at it as like I don't like to sell stuff, um, especially like what we do. Like honestly, we're all selling because we're all in business. But I don't want to sell you on having to eat better and move around to make your life, you know, a, a better place for you to live. But I always thought I'm like, if I do have a gift, you know, it would be selfish for me to just try to, you know, do all these things only to enrich my life. I can't imagine like, and again, I've been through the, the normal amount of crap anybody else has, but I've gotten, I would consider like some lucky breaks or just timing of life in general that's allowed me to be here. So I feel like I have an abundance and I can't imagine like whether you believe in God or, you know, source energy or unicorn tears, whatever your belief system is that I was given these things just to drive a Ferrari and live in an $8 million house. And so I tried to you know, pull out some of the things I have to give to other people. Cause regardless of what it is, like I do have a different skill set than some others, or I see the world maybe a little bit different. And if I can, you know, help them, you know, not stress as much or move around better and eat better uh, and lead by example, I try to do that. Cause I do feel great every day and I don't know if everybody else does. And so I try to give them a little piece of that if I can for free. No, that, that is awesome. And again, I've been very appreciative and I know that I've benefited from some of that giving and also participate in some of your programs and I, and I think of that in, with regards to, you know, you talk, you talk about a lot of different things, it's not just giving free stuff like your podcast or what you do, but you've also talked about it in episodes that I've listened to in your stories about how you give back to others as well. You have a, an adopt a family at Christmas time and things like that. So that doesn't just go for your content and things like that. That's part of who you are in your life. So I do appreciate that part of you as well. And it leads into the, another gift that you talk about. It's a t-shirt that I often wear. I don't have it on today, but it's the 86400. And you talk about, you know, 86,400 seconds in a day. How can leaders learn from, you know, just those five numbers, 86400 and how they should be? Well, I mean, it's, you know, we like to, I mean, we know we're not here forever, but we don't really live like that and act like that. And I'm not saying, you know, go do a bunch of cocaine and jump out of an airplane today, but it is going to end at some point, you know, obviously plan for your retirement and your future. That's great, but it's going quick. And if you really understood in terms of days, like if you're here for 30,000 days total, uh, depending on life expectancy, you can kind of subtract from there and kind of see where you end up. And so I try to just utilize the day to be meaningful because again, it's going to die. And so you got to fill your time doing something. And I would rather fill it with things that mean something to me and that I think mean something to other people. So there is a, a legacy, you know, selfishly a piece of that to me. But the things we do, I think they, they ripple 
you know, through, through decades and honestly generations, if you can help a parent who helps a kid who has a kid, like your stuff kind of lives on there. And I would rather really just squeeze out all the time I can in terms of that, as opposed to just, I mean, I'm not saying don't watch, you know, football or Netflix, but I can only watch so many shows and I feel like I would be wasting my gift and wasting time if I was doing that. So I really just, you know, wake up and kind of attack every day with a sense of urgency while having patience, you know, for the results as well. No, I appreciate that. And in fact, let me share a story with you where it's made a difference all the way through. So in your book, you talk about the seven day mandatory mindset assessment. And I shared that I shared that mindset assessment on my weekly newsletter this week and actually got a phone call from a friend who I hadn't spoken to over the telephone for about nine months. And he just said, I just did basically rule number five to reach out to one person every day this week. And you're the first person of seven that I'm going to reach out to. And so it was great to catch up with him in a conversation. I was actually a little bit nervous. I was going to be late for the podcast, but I hadn't heard from him so long. I didn't want to cancel and hang up on him before I was done with that conversation. So it, it does make a difference as you go through and go forward with that as well. Let me shift a little bit. For me, five years ago was a transformation for me on a on a fitness standpoint. And you know, a lot of times when, if people would watch your videos, they'd see how difficult they are, how hard some of the things are that you do. And I've managed to to move through that mentally for me at times. But one of the things you've talked about in your book, one of the the longest chapters actually that you had was that you know life was hard and that we should embrace it. And I'm curious when you think about the big excuses that you get before people start on fitness programs or nutrition programs and want to make a transformation in your life. What's what's the a story about the biggest excuse you've you've heard and then maybe how you've been able to help somebody transform through that as well? Uh, I mean a lot of it is, you know, time management. People will always come to us and say, well, you know, I don't have time. I just don't have time to eat right. Or look at it as like it's like how do you eat an elephant? You know, one bite at a time. They look at it as like this whole huge journey as opposed to kind of attacking it one day by one day, or they'll say, Hey, I'm not fit enough to come in yet. Let me get fit before I show up. I'm like, what what we do here is help you get fit. Like you don't have to do any, any prep work. And the reality is, you know, we don't have perspective anymore. Like we've solved a lot of problems. You know, we're not fighting, you know, the elves and animals. We have houses and air conditioning and Netflix. And when you look at like friends of mine who serve in the military, whether it's Rangers or the SEAL teams and those guys, they do real stuff. What I do is not hard compared to that. What I do is easy. And if you really could step back and look at the 8 you know, billion people in the world and how lucky you are to do fitness as a luxury, when other people are you know, walking, get clean, drinking water and bring it back to their family, but you're dead on to everybody. But a lot of people who do come in, I kick it to them real. And I'm like, you just have to have some perspective and understand like, there's nothing else you're going to do in your life that you're going to invest so little time, 30 minutes, a couple of days a week, maybe do a couple of walks outside of that. That's going to give you such a huge ROI. Well, I think it works out if they listen to it and understand to your point, you talked about it in an earlier question about, you know, how much time they invest in watching Netflix. If you just give and sacrifice 15 or 20 or 30 minutes of that back to helping your body get in better shape, that could be something that would be very, very important to them. What's, what's your tips on how, how somebody should get started? How, how do they get started on, on starting a routine like that and how hard it is? If you're not at a, a higher level, just going for walks. Literally, it's a low-hanging fruit. A lot of people don't move their body enough. Movement, really, it is medicine, and it it fixes a lot of things, and it buys you, uh, you know, a lot of leeway with other stuff. But if you can focus on, if you're at two thousand steps a day, get to five thousand. If you can get to seventy five hundred, great. Ten thousand is probably for most people between seven and ten is a great uh, magic number. Whether it's in person, 
with the digital stuff, like obviously we have stuff that's all over the world. There's a million people out there who are really trying to share stuff and help you. But if you need that accountability or that personal, like make an appointment and, you know, find a, a coach, a gym, a friend who's, um, and just go check it out and do something. And the one thing I'll say is like, try to find something you like to do. If you're a person who like hates exercise, you hate fitness and you just can't get behind the sets and the reps and the kind of the stuff that we do, if it's yoga or biking or basketball or swimming, I mean, the stuff you did is it still works to this day. You might not be as mobile or as fit and you probably can't do the exact same things, but you can do some version of that. And I promise you when you can get lost in the activity of hiking or playing basketball or doing yoga, you're going to become really fit because an hour is going to go by and it'll feel like it's 10 minutes as opposed to, you know, two minutes in the treadmill seems like two hours. So really just focusing on the enjoyment, I think is key. No, I like that. That's the pool that goes through when you can find something you love to move. For me, it was basketball growing up and you're right. The time can absolutely fly by when you find something that you truly enjoy doing. You're not thinking about all the other things that are going on in society and the world and everything else that's causing us problems right now, to say the least. And you know, we get to choose if we address those problems. You talk about that a bunch too, just kind of you know, not worrying about or controlling the controllables that go on. One of the things, one of the things that we talked about when you and I did a podcast, when I was on your podcast recently, I'll put a link to that in the show notes for this one, was the was the healthcare system in general. And and you know, certainly we know you know as a as a fitness expert, as a fitness and nutrition guru, if you will, that if people just got healthy and it really wasn't that difficult in terms of you know doing something one thing different each day in terms of what you ate or adding on 2000 steps a day, which is just a few minutes of walking each day to get better. And you look at the healthcare system in general today, we spent about an hour talking about that. And you've had an experience with the healthcare system recently. What's several of my listeners work in that industry? What's one thing you would do as a, as a patient, as a consumer of that industry that you would do to help to improve our healthcare system in, in our country today? You know, if there were just some more of a dialogue, obviously the system is overrun. There's way too many people. There's not enough professionals and it's a business, which that I understand. I'm a capitalist. I run a business. I get how it works. But if there could be this pill and just, you know, see you next year, that's like putting a bandit on a gunshot wound. If there could be a deeper conversation from the healthcare people of like, hey, this is what you guys need to be doing on a consistent basis. And I'm not saying like push them towards G. I know it sounds like, you know, biased to me because like obviously I run one and we sell fitness, but I really do believe if we scared people during like the pandemic, right? Like do all these things. They learned all these terms. They learned all these phrases. They learned more about like masks and hotspots and all these things. And that's great. However, we didn't push the narrative of like, if you make your body healthier, you're going to be less susceptible to all the things that come that way. And I think if we, if we did that as healthcare professionals, it would hit a little bit harder if they heard that same sentiment echoing over and over and over, stream it on the news, do whatever. So it's like, you can see the psychology behind people. If they hear things enough, they're willing to listen and learn. I just don't think we jam it down their throats enough and we share enough negative stuff out there. I, I don't see why we can't you know, share this as well. Yeah, and you touched on it because even as a as a capitalist, as you want need to the system needs to make money. You know, they don't make money on those no visits when people are actually healthy. They get paid for when people are sick. If we could switch that around in the industry and have people, you know, figure out a way to stay healthy and keep them out of the hospital so there wouldn't be overrunning the system, that could be pretty powerful. And I think it's it's a message that I think they're trying to get out there, but to your point, we don't hear it enough in the media. We don't see it enough on the news, whatever that is on TV, because it's not dramatic enough. It's not scary. It's not all those things that generate ratings on TV. It's kind of boring that we just get up, be healthy, 
and get up the next day and go on with our lives. So I appreciate you sharing that. And I think the industry does, those in the industry do need to hear that staying healthy and staying out of the system is really the best way. And that should be the way there to me, that should be the way they're compensated the most is, you know, how many of your people don't come into the system because they're sick, because you've helped them to stay healthy. I think that's pretty cool. I want to, I want to walk through some, cause I usually talk to people about your mantra and it's something that I've even learned to memorize based on what you said. And I want to learn a little bit more about you and your story with this mantra that you have at the end of each one of your podcasts or at the end of each one of your uh, statements. And I'll read it here real quick. Cause I think it's something that again, just, well, I'm not going to read it. I'm going to kind of say it, but you, you close out every podcast you have or, or notes you have with eat well, train hard, be nice to people, and please keep doing shit you love with people you enjoy because life's too short not to. Now that even that second part of it showed up today on all your social media platform. I thought it was ironic because I knew I was going to ask you about that, but even going back into your book that you put out in 2014, the eat well, train hard and be nice to people was always there for you. What's the story behind those pieces? And what does that mean to you from a mantra standpoint? Where is that for you? I'm curious. You know, it, sometimes I, I do things just to remind, to remind myself because I'm a knucklehead like uh, anybody else who's listening. It's just, a you know, if you look at like what your what your foundation is, like what your thesis is for you know life and, and what you're trying to do. Those are the basic things that like I do for myself. And honestly, like if it's, you know, eat well, train hard and be nice to people, it's probably like the one thing that I, I, I always do. I gave up so much stuff to, you know, build this business mm. and, you know, learn all the things I've learned. It's like, I need to extra amount myself to do more shit with, with people I enjoy, because again, like I'm not going to be here forever. And again, it's just like a reminder even to me. And I think for everybody, cause we all know these things, we know we should eat better, you know? be nice humans and we know we should be at work or even if you love what you do for work I'm, a, I'm the same way i spend a ridiculous amount of time doing that even though that is part of doing something that i love and i'm lucky enough to do it with people i do like so i get to kind of marry them both but we spend time worrying about things that don't really matter or aren't really going to happen and i just want you know people to hear that and i you know it becomes kind of like you know what i do need to eat better you know or you know, I do actually need to kind of step back and do some things with friends and family. So first it started as a reminder to me. And now I just kind of, you know, try to imprint it on everybody else. Well, it is, it is imprinted on me for sure. And I think it's, I think it's actually, you know, both, especially funny at the end, cause it's almost like you're begging people, as you say, to, to do stuff with people you like, because as you say, life's too short, not to, it's the experiences that you try to create. And you've talked about that. And frankly, I just want to put a link to your podcast in the show notes and your Instagram because that'll be the way people stay in touch with you uh, to learn more about that. And I encourage them to do that. Just one more fun question, maybe, and then I'll give you the last word for the podcast and kind of say goodbye as we go. But the, some of the things that you think of in some of these workouts are, are pretty crazy. And I know you refer to yourself as just a, you know, a guy that works in a warehouse and generates his ideas. I, don't, I forget exactly what you call yourself ultimately, but what, what is your least favorite exercise that you do? Um, the least favorite uh there's a lot of stuff i hate to do for sure i've learned to like a lot of things uh in difficulty honestly like i don't like static holds a lot like when you're just holding something and sitting there but i've learned to gut through those uh i was doing uh renegade rows the other day which for people listening it's just like you're in a push-up position you basically row a dumbbell row a dumbbell and then throw a push-up in those suck too. I am not a huge fan. And actually the other day we just filmed, uh, it'll be, I think it's in September. We'll do like a, it's like an abs challenge where you can tack it on to the end of any workout. We filmed like a hundred of those exercises. And I realized like a lot of those 
are brutally tough. So it really just depends like what day you catch me on. But I, again, everybody listening, like I hate all the same stuff that you hate. I guess the short answer would be like anything I'm not great at, I don't like it just like uh, anything else, which usually tells me it's like a, a weak point that I have to kind of work on. So uh, it's fluid. I will agree with you on the, uh, the, what did we do the other day? Double, double pushups and a renegade row the other day. And I, I just, I really, if I could have been in front of you, I might've hit you with the dumbbell that I was trying to do with the renegade row. Cause that may, that's definitely one of my least favorite and weakest, as you say, weakest exercise that I have, which why I probably have it. Well, Jeremy, I've probably taken way too much time of your time already. I want to give you an opportunity for you giving back, but I want you an opportunity to really talk about something you've been working on a bunch lately and that I think everybody who listens should be engaged with. And that's the app you've been putting together. Tell us a little bit story about, tell us a little bit about that app and uh, what, what uh, the listeners should be really ready for when they get into it. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, uh, you know, the world is technology is a one way street. We're never, we're never going backwards. And so even if I don't want to live on a screen, it's a huge part of what we do. And, uh, we just want to make something that was easily accessible for basically anybody, anywhere that has internet access. And it was affordable too. basically put all of our best stuff into an application that we can work with anybody on any level. doesn't matter if you're in a home or a hotel. And if you're a beginner and immediate advance, we have something for you. I answer every question in there. I'm kind of a psychopath uh, that way. And uh, we're just consistently sharing everything. So if it's my personal workouts, if it's full programs we put out, uh, you guys can use it on an Apple, on an Android phone, but it's not just fitness content. Obviously, we have nutritional videos in there. All the guides that we should, like our, if you guys know what macros are, your macronutrient guides, your carb cycling guides, recipes. Uh, if there's anything people want to see, we'll create it. Basically, this was created for everybody else. I don't need to see myself exercise. I know what it looks like. We're trying to give it to you in as easily of a consumable way as possible so you can Click it, follow along, listen to me talk and, and kind of work with us everywhere. And it's been great so far. It's a lot of, it's a lot of work. I knew it was going to be a lot, but even more so probably than uh, I want to admit I'm chewing on, but uh, it's great. And so I think it can help you guys. And honestly, like we offer the first month for a buck. So you don't have anything to lose other than a dollar. And if you think it sucks, you can cancel it and you don't ever have to listen to me uh, talk again for sure. Well, I would encourage everybody to take the time and invest at least that first dollar. And I know they'll stick around Jeremy Scott Fitness app which is a powerful tool and something that I've really enjoyed as well. Jeremy, thank you. Thank you for investing you know, part of your 86,400 seconds in, in today with our listeners for giving some of your time to them today. Also for what uh, you've done, you know, kind of uh, in all the material. And I know it's made a difference in my life over five years, how I've been changing. And I want to wish, wish you the best as you continue to grow and you know get old on the other side of 30 and you will never catch me, but that's okay. And I keep, keep growing and keep getting better. Okay. I appreciate it. Yeah. I appreciate having me, man. This is good stuff here. Uh, anytime you need me, hit me up and I'll hop back on. Be careful. I'll, I'll take you up on that offer. I appreciate it, man. Thanks. Well, that interview did not disappoint. Jeremy laid out a variety of great inspirational and challenging tips across many topics, including healthcare, giving back, how to get started on a journey to fitness and health, and even some of the exercises he hates to do. I love it when a successful leader has the humility to admit their areas that they still need to make improvements in. Now, I encourage each of you to go follow Jeremy on his Instagram page and sign up for his app where he will flood you with great free content designed to help you succeed in life and fitness. Thanks for listening into this episode of the Uncommon Leader Podcast. I'm sure there was value in it for you, and I'm confident that you know someone who needs to hear this message as well. So please hit the subscribe button, leave me a review, 
and share this podcast with someone else who needs to hear it. Until next time, eat well, train hard, be nice to people, and please keep doing stuff you love with people you enjoy because life's too short not to. Oh, and because Jeremy's bigger than me, and he said so anyway. Oh, and go and grow champions. <laughs>